Welcome to Book Tour. Two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. This is our umpteenth installment of the Interlude series. Um, what does that mean? That means I have no idea how many there have been. Um, but more importantly, <laughs> no obvious. book this week. Yeah. More importantly, no book this week. Um, this was not uh, the last couple interludes came up with there was a book and the book didn't get read or something happened. No, no, this was actually planned. We took a break. We did, what, three books in a row? Yeah, we did the Noir at the Bar series and then three books. So that's like five episodes straight of content. Right. And this is also content, believe it or not. The question is, how good will this content be? <laughs> so we've had great interlude episodes. We've had not so great interlude episodes. <laughs> I feel like this one's going to fall squarely in the middle of that pile. What do you think? Um, well, it won't be the worst. No. It's do we know which one maybe. the worst one is? Do we actually have a worst? No, I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, our worst episode is still better than most of the other podcasts that exist. So um, it's really tough to gauge. And we're going to start off by taking a shot at other podcasts. At pretty much every, almost every podcast. Why not? We invented podcasting, didn't we? Yeah. According to who said that about us? Uh, Bob Pastorella said that about us on a, on the This Is Horror podcast when they were, they were uh, congratulating us on our fifth, fifth year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Do you um do you remember when we were first naming this when we decided we would call it iPod? Or we tried, I tried, and then you told me that was already a thing, and then we went with WePod, but that sounded like it might be a thing too with for incontinence. Say <laughs> this ring a bell when we were trying to name this thing. No. No, I'm okay. trying to think if you're joking or not. I'm totally joking. <laughs> I think we were like, what are we gonna call this podcast? And then we were like, booked. And we were you, like, that's brilliant. You yeah, I remember distinctly that we're like, yeah, podcast name, what do we call it? And you're like, booked. And I was like, done. Yeah, and sometimes then, it's just that easy. And then the that um, keep reading thing, that is totally you too. Yeah. I know, but remember interviews? We're, we're going to call them the hot seat? I have no remember memory that? of this. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I do remember that being your idea. No, no, I don't. <laughs> this must be some dream you had of a different... Uh, um, different podcast. Oh, can we talk about dreams for a second? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a dream the other day and I woke up and I was all proud and I was like, I invented something in a dream. So I was all excited about it. And I went to, to work and I was talking to people at work. I was like, guys, I came up with this awesome invention in my dream and I explained it. And here's what it was. It was like a whiteboard where like, if you wrote on the whiteboard, you could then like hit like a back button or a forward button to see what was on there before or after. So you can kind of like, you know, see a history of all like the stuff that was drawn on the whiteboard and I'm not getting a lot of love. They're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm not getting a lot of love for it. I'm like, you guys aren't excited about this as I, uh, as I thought you would be. And they're like, yeah, it's called a smart board. <laughs> so, Oh, you know, that's the whole thing. Did you not invent it because someone invented it before you? I mean, if you really had no idea and came up with it, isn't it still like you invented it? Well, then I got angry. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I figure I still should get credit for... I should get... A, I should get credit, partial credit for inventing it, and B, I should probably get some money for what they're, you know... (laughs) In a fractured (laughs) timeline, I invented it first. I'm not sure about that second part, exactly. I'm going to give you kudos for coming up with a brilliant idea. I'll give you that. But, you know, here's the fucked up part. And, and this could be said for any generation before ours, and I'll very loosely use ours for mine and yours and, and our listeners, because there's a lot of shit we couldn't invent because people already invented it. Yeah, all those inventors kind of fucked us, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. So people are like, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Sliced bread has been around a long time. Nobody could invent sliced bread today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you don't get credit for reinventing something. Like, I could invent a wheel right now. Oh, you know, I do think there are some things that have been reinvented, though, that people get credit for. They do it a lot with movies. Yeah. Can I reboot the smart board? (laughs) Well, you know, here's here's the fucked up part. So, you know, we used to call it remake. And all of a sudden, because of computers, we call it reboot. Now, I get that there's maybe a little bit of a difference. So follow me with this. Maybe you can straighten me out. Is a remake where I just make the same movie again, like just scene by scene, basically same story as a reboot? I change some stuff like Ghostbusters is a reboot because now it's with women, right? 
Hmm. But the new Rocky Horror Picture Show on Fox is a remake because apparently it's going to be the exact same story, same characters, same same everything. Well, I just went to the internet to see if someone had invented this uh, conversation before. Um, I promise you I have not read it anywhere, so I'd like to be considered the inventor. What's the difference between a movie remake and reboot? Let's see. Let's follow this very first link because obviously that will be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. A remake honors its, honors its source material and does its best to pay homage to it. A reboot indicates a complete overhaul of the source material, a reimagining, reconception. This is basically what you said. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm really jumping around here since we have a very loose format tonight. Do you use Google when you search for things? Uh, let's see. No, usually I use... Um, have you heard of DuckDuckGo? <laughs> no. Seriously? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Yeah, it's... Uh, it is a search engine that um, does not track or sell the information based on what you're searching for. Oh, yeah. gotcha. This is a privacy-focused search engine. The reason I asked is, I wonder if anybody uses the I'm feeling lucky button like from the Google <laughs> homepage. Now, I haven't been on the Google homepage. I mean, I, I guess at, at work occasionally here, because you could just search right from the address bar, and Google is my search engine that does that, but I never see the I'm feeling lucky button. Right. But when you said I'm going to the first one, that's what it made me think of. I don't, I don't know if I've ever clicked on that I'm feeling lucky button. And I wonder if anybody else does on a regular basis, not if they've tried it. But if I've never used it, I've never. I always forget that it's actually a thing. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's a mm. good question. Mm. Interesting. Good Very interesting. All Speaking of this of is Google. not part of like the episode that we had planned, by the way. <laughs> no. But yeah, go ahead. What you gonna say? The, the Google I/O conference was this past week. Did you Did you follow any of that? Um, first, I'm hearing about it. All right. Yeah, you, you probably are, have no interest in anything that they did announce, but um, they they have an, another it, it, technically two messaging apps that they're that are coming out. Um, I know the one's called Allo, like A L L O, like Allo, like a British. <laughs> yes, and I forget what the other one's called. You're kidding me. Is that why no. they named it that? I, I, you know what? I'm assuming so. There was an article I actually read it's about terrible. how Google's naming for everything is the absolute worst. And, and and I never really thought about it. But in reading that article, the author is spot on that they couldn't name things more terribly than they do. The interesting part is so one of them is going to be a messaging platform similar probably to iMessage or, you know, I don't know, Facebook Messenger or Hangouts that they already have that was called like Google Chat or Google Talk or whatever it was before. But they have a new video one that's going to be like Skype, but it has kind of an interesting feature. Now, I want you to think about how this would be interesting for, say, us. It's a video call, but if someone initiates the call to you, you can actually see their video before you answer. Kind of like looking through like the peephole in a door when someone knocks. The, the feature, <laughs> I guess, is called Knock Knock, just going further into the terrible naming structure of Sweet Google. Sweet shit, so, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> That's happened to us a couple of times. I know we talked about it on the podcast. We'll understand they don't have to use video, but yeah. Now, so if I were, if you were to to use whatever that that might be the Allo one, um, is the video one I think. But yeah, if you were to use that, I'd be able to see your video before I opted to answer. <laughs> you know what I'm going to use that for? I'm going to call people, and then I'm just going to have like my middle finger up until <laughs> they answer the call, and once they answer the call, I'm just going to hang up. Well, there you go. Like ding dong ditch, kind of like ding dong ditch, yeah, 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 for phones. Oh, oh Google, come yeah. on, man. That's my all right. That's my major complaint with Google is like, um, we'll use Google Docs mm-hmm. as my uh, example for this because it was Google Docs, which was like if you wanted to make a Word document or a spreadsheet or uh, a presentation, the one website was Google Docs, right? Correct, and then they changed it to Google Drive, and it was essentially the same thing. But then they got rid of all of those things, and Google Drive was just storage for documents, I think. And I don't remember where you made the documents, but then those three uh, different types of documents got their own different names. I think it was Docs and Sheets and Slides or something like that. But they're all kind of underneath like the umbrella of Drive still, I think. And... 
every time they change, like something terrible happens. <laughs> like, like, like lambs all of a sudden keel over and die in like Ireland or yeah. what is it? Okay. Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. You know, like you see, you hear <laughs> those stories of like 20,000 birds died for no reason. Well, it's because Google changed the fucking setup. But I mean, it's just, um, it's just so stupid that they, they have to constantly, it's like they're just constantly changing their mind or like, it's almost like you can see that management changed. And when management changed, like, you know, they got rid of all the shit they didn't like and they made it their way. And I, don't know, I mean, I get it on its latest iteration makes sense because all of it is part of Drive, which means it's stored online and you can access it from anywhere with a Google account. So they're like the overhanging umbrella. It's kind of like saying, you know, Microsoft Office is Office, right? That's what the whole suite is called. But then individually, there are programs within it. Like you said, Docs and Sheets and, and paid Pages? No, Pages is a different company. Slides, whatever. <laughs> Right. So I mean it makes sense now, but you're right. I think once you you adapt something. Yeah, and the, the in the process, well I guess the really frustrating part was in the process like either they would update an app or the app would lose the functionality and you'd have to figure out what app then had that functionality, but that app wouldn't have the full functionality of the old one and you know what I'm saying? So it was just this constant like I would I be it straightforward right now, I would never use Google anything if if it weren't for the fact that you that's my only way I can collaborate with you. <laughs> like that I refuse to take steps yeah. that don't require me to use this. It's the only you way know? that I can collaborate with you. So Microsoft Office, we can go that route. Mm, they have a suite mm. much like this. No? No? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just you know just Duck Duck Go. Some, can we use do they have yeah, something? We, yeah. You know, we can look into that. But uh it's just uh, that's just and this whole new thing with like aloe and knock knock or whatever. Um, it just sounds like the same thing. It's like they have something that works relatively well, and once it's been around for a certain amount of time, everything has to change, and it's frustrating. Like I'm surprised Google Plus has lasted as long as it has. I think I haven't gone to that website in about three years. I will tell you, I have, and it's it's actually really pretty. And from a functionality standpoint, I like it much better than I like Facebook. Is it your va- your vape groups? It, it is my vape groups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Allo and Duo are the um, Allo is the smart messaging app, which is going to do some cool things that nobody will use because nobody's going to get off what they're using now. And then Duo is going to be the video calling app, which includes Knock Knock. Because, of course, you'd want those to be separate. I mean, to be fair, I know that iMessage and FaceTime are separate, but, like, come on. I don't know. All right. I don't know, man. All right, so we got the requisite, like, first 10 minutes out of the way talking about (laughs) Google. What are we going to talk about now? (laughs) Um, Well, so my stalking of a specific uh, um, author continues, and whenever we need fodder for conversation this is like one of the first things i go to for some reason um do you want to introduce this topic what rob is uh, alluding to is um there are very few things that get rob and i excited on on an equal level when it comes to books so although we love doing this podcast and there are authors we love and we get excited about reading their books there always is a little bit of a I don't know. There's 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 a percentage difference, a noticeable percentage difference in who's more excited. Um, this <laughs> next one, though, I would have to I would have to call us pretty even on Stephen Hall. Um, now, when Rob says stalking someone, remind me to get back to this and how not worried you have to be if Rob is stalking you. <laughs> Stephen Hall has now turned in his next book to Canongate, the the publisher that I'm assuming will be publishing the book, unless it's utter garbage and they send it back and they're like, we don't want this. Yeah, as of the beginning of May, which, you know, <laughs> not not super, is that what you're it's, talking about? Yeah. Not worrying about so, me stalking so, anybody? So, ladies, Rob is stalking you. Don't worry. He'll know exactly where you were three weeks ago. <laughs> but I have no fucking idea where you are right now. So there's really not a lot of worry there. There, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I'm on top of stuff. Um yeah. Stephen Hall tweeted at Canongate Books, What has an ox, an angel, a magician who might not exist, a lost book of the Bible, and also sits in a Canongate inbox? And Canongate replied, Ooh, I know, I know, I know. 
Is there um, is there anything about that tweet that concerns you a little bit? The Bible? No, like I I just first heard about this uh, less than an hour ago because I'm even worse at stalking Stephen Hall apparently <laughs> than Rob is. Um, man, that doesn't sound like the Stephen Hall that 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 wrote the raw shark texts. That that sounds a little bit. Christopher Moorish. It does sound a little Christopher Moorish. It does. So I, I, uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm out and out worried, but I was hoping for some something more in the vein of raw shark texts. I have no no reason to believe this won't be a brilliant book. Um, but but I was hoping for mysterious questions of identity, big new world order, something. You know what I mean? Yeah. An ox, a magician, a lost book of the Bible. And an angel. Mm. <laughs> Hope it's not the stupidest angel. It could. Now, um, if I remember correctly from years ago, Stephen Hall saying something about that it contained one and some fraction of characters from Rorschach text. Does that ring any bells? It does, but I can't imagine that this is the same book based on that tweet. Now, again, I could be completely, completely wrong, but that doesn't sound like anything from the well, raw shark text that could cross over into. I mean, and it also could be period based because raw shark text basically takes place in modern times. But I know this one part or some or all of it takes place in the 1800s. So wasn't so much technology going on back then. All oh, I had no. was mag- magicians and oxes and stuff. Oxen. Yeah, but how would you then? How would you even get a character? Because so my first thought was Mycroft Ward, mm-hmm. but Mycroft Ward wasn't invented until after the 1800s. From based on the raw shark text, he was a much more recent, like early 1900s. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess we'll we'll <laughs> wait and see. And now that he's turned it in, I'm sure it's only a matter of days before it hits local bookstores yeah well here's the thing if it's turned into Canongate now what do you think in 2019 yeah 2018 yeah so it's gonna be a long long time before we see that um that uh that book coming that being said being one of my favorite books and i know one of your favorite books of all time it's still gonna be uh it's still gonna be Pretty pretty cool to to see that finally come to light and and hopefully it's uh equally as brilliant yeah, it'll be Mark Danieliski will be on um, like familiar volume like nineteen by then or something. That's you know, that sounds about right. So, hey, speaking of authors that that we love, and the, see, here's where the where the excitement level will will change a little bit between Uh-oh. us. Um, Warren Ellis tweeted today the cover for Normal, um, his book that's uh, coming out uh, later this year, I believe. Yeah, I think it's. Uh... Yeah, I think that one's scheduled for what, like November or something like that. But it's been out in the UK for like ever or something. Yeah, and and we, we we fought it, we fought it, um, getting the UK version. But yeah, it said on the bright side. Did you know I have a new book coming out this year? And it's a picture of a cover that's all white that basically just says normal on it, and then his name Warren Ellis, and then Farrar Strauss and Garuch, New York. Oh, he's on FSG for this. Yes, I'll be damned. Okay. Yeah, hit them up. <laughs> ask for some copies. Well, that's uh, Frank Bill. They publish Frank Bill. Oh, okay. Um, both Crimes in Summer, Southern Indiana and Donnie Brook. Mm-hmm. And they publish something else. Uh, I can't remember the other one. Someone else we know is on FSG, so Excellent. good stuff. Good. Then maybe we've gotten in to get copies of that. Now, I say that our excitement level has changed. I thought Crooked Little Vein is one of the probably top 20 books of all time. Crooked Little Vein, good. Mm-hmm. But machine, then we yeah. machine, wait, gun machine, gun machine, <laughs> not, not, so good. not as good. So, um, you know, and that, that makes me even more nervous about the Stephen Hall book because <laughs> sophomore effort. Well, yeah, the Warren effort, Warren Ellis has been around forever though. He's been writing comic books for comics. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were, I believe to his first two, um, long form fiction novels mm. so crooked little vein very short novel but still a novel and then gun machine was 
Gun Machine was Gun Machine. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> I mean, are. I'm willing to give it. I'm obviously going to give him another ch- chance. You know, another shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Paul Tremblay's going to be up for the up for the task. I remember he wasn't super excited about it. Paul um, Tremblay's like hanging out with Stephen King now. Yeah, that's true. Okay. They're just looking at books and laughing, like ha 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 ha. Remember when we had to try and sell a book? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. at any rate, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Warren Ellis a little more hesitantly than I was last time. <laughs> to be fair, um, I mean, I read Crooked Little Pain. I was like, why is this guy wasting his time with comic books? Like yeah. that was my, my feeling towards that. <laughs> you read Gun Machine. You're like, oh, I wonder if his comic books are any good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, sorry, though, Warren you, Ellis, we love you. You know which friend of the show though is uh, not excited about Stephen Hall or probably Warren Ellis. Oh man, Mr. Birthday Boy, Sean yeah. P. Ferguson. Yeah, Sean, happy birthday, buddy. We wanted to bring you this exciting news about the new Stephen Hall book on your birthday in the event that you're listening. So that's what we have for you, buddy. I think we've talked about him and about his uh, what like this chapter of his life, right? How he's like had twin babies recently and got yeah, married got, and all this he got stuff. Hitched. He's got twins. He's he got himself a sleeping. real family. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have to claim us as his uh, as his uh, family anymore, and that's nice. We like it when people can move on to real families. Yeah, we well, I mean, we're happy to be the surrogate until correct. Um, something lands so much love to ferg i posted a picture of me and ferg and livius mm-hmm. from boston awp 2013 said happy birthday he's a good guy he clicked like but like he didn't say hey how you been or anything like that so i wonder if he listens he's um i i don't know man i don't know if you can hear us over the screaming infants <laughs> maybe he couldn't type because that's a lot of diapers so yeah, diapers, not typers now, right? Nice, Rob. Nice. Is that? Did you invent that? I just came up with it right now. That's well, I'm amazing. Sure, it was invented thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's that's pretty impressive. We miss you, Ferg. Yeah, that's I it. miss you. I think about it now. Like, so I was thinking about. I saw, you know, Facebook gives you that. Um, this is what happened like every year of your life mm-hmm. since you signed up on Facebook. Yeah. Um, it's weird now that I'm seeing in the five years ago category all the stuff that we were doing on the podcast five years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that we just don't have the fr- the friends we <laughs> that we used to because like I saw Nick Corpon posted something today and I'm like when's the last time we mentioned or did something with that guy? Well, I mean, talked besides, to him online fairly recently. Yeah, Soul Standard uh, mm-hmm. as well, but like for the most part, he's been a non-entity on the podcast, so it's like. Yeah, it's a little weird seeing where we were at five years ago. Um, it, it uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I don't know if you remember during the five year anniversary episode. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast. I was going to have like a in memoriam segment yeah. where, where we, <laughs> yeah, eulogized people who used to be on this podcast, and we've done it from time to time and kind of lamented and. Whatever other people, that's how it is, though, man. That's how life is. You know, you probably don't have all the same friends you had five years ago either, like in in non podcast life. No, all my friends are people I met on the podcast now. There you go. See, all your real life friends fucking abandoned your ass. I don't have any friends, so it's just much easier that way. Podcast or not. Oh, you want to know what happened a year ago today? Um, what happened a year ago today, buddy? Speaking of Mark Z. Danieliski, we've uh, he finally got to meet us. Oh, that's right. Is that? Yeah, I guess it's been a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's the day I met Ryan as well. Marketing intern Ryan McRae. Yeah, I think I first met him that day. I know he was there. I don't remember that. Is that the first time I met him? It has to be, right? Yeah, in person. You may have talked yeah. to him, but like in person. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Speaking of Ryan, he doesn't have anything for us this week, but I get this, I get this random text, and now, <laughs> it wasn't like a big. Like it wasn't like a big mystery who this was, but I get a text from a, a phone number that starts with plus eight six. That's the country code for uh, for China. Yeah, and then <laughs> thank you. Um, and it says I am loving China, and you need to uh, come work here. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that you need to go work there. Well, A, yeah, I'm not going to go work there. 
B, Homeboy's got a local China phone number. And, again, no problem communicating with uh, the world outside of China. He was worried that, like, he would just be so oh, isolated. Listen, he's on a fucking burner phone. God only knows what's happened <laughs> over there. <laughs> maybe they're trying. Maybe that's the thing. Like, when um, unwanted tourists, you know, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, yeah. like, they, they, in order to get out of prison, they have to, like, ha- lure other people there to, like, be robbed or get sold into like labor or something like that. I bring you three pasty Americans. Yeah. Will let me go. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. a three in one out kind of program or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's kind of interesting. He, he's now on a burn. You know, that was like T nine texting. It took him like 14 minutes. <laughs> he had to hit like the fucking like three, like twice. And oh, then the yeah, two that's why once. And yeah, he said, I all Chinese now. And then after it, it says, I'm all Chinese now. So, I think Wait. that that's because he fucked up the T9. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. Although there, they might have like burner knockoff iPhones. That's true. That's what it he looks would like have. IPhone, the iPhoney. It's a <sighs> burner phone you pick up at the local grocery store. Well, I mean, if he already had an iPhone, they're world phones. You could just put any SIM card in there and then you're done. Oh, yeah, so, I guess you could do that. I mean, all he had to do was get a SIM card, really, if you think about it. I don't want to, you know get too mired down into technological details though all right so we'll call it a burner phone he's probably on the run from the chinese government <laughs> well, i sent a lot of emails trying to accusing him of shit yeah trying to trap us yeah yeah oh, he's trying to that's what it is you sent all those emails they took it seriously captured him and now he's trying to lure me over there so that they can uh exchange him out or something <laughs> i may have named you in some of those emails too. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what friendship is Yep, yep. What I tell you, I don't have friends, any friends on this podcast or off the podcast. So, <laughs> oh, so listen, I, I know, I know that, um, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about books, but we occasionally talk about TV. And, and I know that there's probably very little listener interest in this, but can we just fuck, can we talk about Banshee for, for a minute? I, yeah, I knew there was no way that this was not going to come up, um, especially since I've watched all of it. It's rare that I have to send the little tearful emoji to anybody. <laughs> I had to send one to Rob um, the other night uh, when I was watching the, the finale of what is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Banshee. Series finale, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Are you happy with the way it ended? I, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody's watching it, so I don't know if it's a spoiler if we talk about it or not. But um, They did a... Like within the last two episodes, they did a really good job kind of wrapping everything up mm-hmm. in some nice tidy packages. And some are more satisfactory than others, but I think overall the one thing I didn't like, and this is definitely gonna spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen the the finale, is like that whole cause like the idea of the whole series is like this guy got out of prison, he goes to find his the love of his life, who just happens to also in his, you know, to as far as he knows, have the diamonds that they stole and that he went to jail for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like he gets to town and just like bad shit happens nonstop for four seasons of TV. They wrap everything up in a nice tidy package at the end. And that's when he's like, all right, I'm leaving. And it's like, there's no problems now. Why don't you just stick around and have a normal life? Well, yeah, I, I mean, all right. So I, I agree with you somewhat, but And people were kind of on to the fact, so for anybody who hasn't seen it, we'll give you a little bit of setup, and I strongly recommend you track this down. I I don't even know, maybe Amazon Video or something. I I don't even know. It's not on Netflix or Hulu, so maybe it's on Amazon. Um, As Robert said, he gets out of prison after 15 years. Um, He went to prison because he sacrificed himself so that his girlfriend could get away. They were set up. Um, He goes to prison for 15 years. He gets out, but through the help of a master hacker friend of his, finds out that she's living in a small town um, called Banshee. So he goes there to find her, and the first 15 minutes he's in Banshee, he encounters a situation where there's two um, local like mob-type thugs. Mm -hmm. Shaking down someone. Right, yeah. And the new sheriff just happens to be getting to town at the same time, and they kill the sheriff. So this nameless protagonist decides, for for some reason, I'm not even clear, and I've seen season one like three times, not even clear that they satisfactorily, satisfactorily, satisfactory? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. 
explained why he felt the need to assume the sheriff's identity, but he does. And then he spends the next um, few seasons being Sheriff Lucas Hood and getting involved in things in the town. So, of course, over a period of time, he does become a better, you know, he becomes kind of a good sheriff because he starts to care about some of the people in the town and stuff. It is a crazy, over-the-top action adventure show, um, but easily one of my 10 favorite TV series of all time. Yeah, it was really good. It was one of the, remember when you first mentioned it and I was like, yeah, it's kind of like the plot to Happy Texas. <laughs> and you were yes. Like, yeah, it's nothing like that. It's not, yeah, it's it's real good and um, I'll be watching it all the way throughout. Um, I think the one thing that I didn't like about season four was the beginning of the season. Uh, What's her name's dead like right away. And we only yeah. see her like in kind of flashbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. Because she was a s- strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she was of, a hot character too. She's well, she's kind of hot. She's yeah. naked a lot. Yeah, she spends. Yeah, she spends that first season naked, pretty much. Yeah. So, but yeah, I uh, I love Banshee. Love all the characters. Um, great, great stuff. Um, I think that the, the, the best moment of the finale was not Hood or Sugar. You know, there's that little post-credits thing with Sugar, the bartender. Yep. I think it's Brock. I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Yeah, that, that scene where he's in there with the, I forget what his name is, the, 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 the former white supremacist who's a cop now. And yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't know what it is about Bunker. this town that attracts all the scumbags. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, this is perfectly summed up this entire series. Yeah, bunker, bunker. Yes, yep, bunker. I thought you were gonna say the rocket launcher. Oh, okay, the rocket launcher was was pretty cool too. But no, just his like because he finally he's like listen because he's like the super straight laced cop and he does help out in, in weird situations through the first couple of seasons. But you know, finally he's the sheriff and he's gonna do things the right way and and he kind of comes to that understanding and he's explaining it to kind of the new protege. And he's just like, sometimes we got to take off these badges to get some stuff done around here. And like, he has now become okay with the Lucas Hood form of uh, policing. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I thought, all right, so like, I think that the, the rocket launcher part sets up, like, that's him finally just saying, all right, screw it. Once I get over this hump, everything's good. Yeah. And um, just shooting the hell out of, uh, basically setting up the downfall of Proctor mm-hmm. was his way of settling in and just being like, all right, now this big problem is now gone. Mm-hmm. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting in the transition from season three to season four. So in season three, the, the police station basically gets obliterated <laughs> in one part. And now through the first three seasons of that show, there are exactly four cops in that town. <laughs> But it goes from that to every time they show the police station, there's like a dozen cops and there's secretaries and shit like running around like that police department. Like, I I don't even know, Matt, the the right word for like, you know, it's like 16 times the size it was in season three. (laughs) And the other interesting part about that, when you think about it, is there are only four cops and they're on all on duty at the same time all the time. Yeah, it's true. So basically, if you just wanted to commit a crime at night, you're probably pretty safe because they were working all, you know, there was no like who's on shift now. It was just them all the time in their uniforms, like or at the station, none of them out on the street, like just, you know. Yeah, that's true. It was it was a, a fun show and I was very, very sad to see it go, especially with only eight episodes closing it out. I thought that was a little bit of a cop out on the on the part of Cinemax. Well, at least it had uh, Elijah Dushku. It did. It did. Um, in, in a pretty weird role, I, I got to tell you, she has fallen far from grace. You're not. A, you're not a, a fan of her late work. Her latest. No, work? no. Um, what I see her and I saw her in that. Oh, uh, the Scribbler. She was in the Scribbler. Oh, right, right. I forgot which, she was in. Quite that. honestly, she played pretty much the same part she played in this. The like kind of hardened FBI agent, or yeah. maybe she was just a detective in that. But um, I remember watching her on like True Calling, which I really liked. Uh, wait, that was like a high moment for her. Yeah, man, she Absolutely. was in, she was in Buffy, dude. She was in Buffy. I didn't see her in Buffy. That was beyond my Buffy watching days, which means it was past season one. 
I was going to say, that's like season three, dude. Yeah, I watched season one of Buffy <laughs> and, and kind of passed on the rest. Um, right. Which is sad because I know we talked about here before. I'm a huge fan of the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just never really took to the TV show. I have no comment on that. You got some Paul Rubens, Donald Sutherland action going on there. Christy, oh what's her name? Christy Swanson. Swanson. Oh, she was never she was never better than in that. I knew three. I knew two and a half names from the yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, which I'm very proud of. And you could name the entire cast of the TV show. I'm sure. I don't know if I know their name names, but sure. Sure. Um, is this is this because this was a Josh Josh what's his name Sweden Sweden what's his Josh J O S S Whedon that guy that guy really can do no wrong right is there anything that he's done that you have not just like fanboyed all to death No, I mean like I I like his work I'm not like a fanboy like there's a um when you know you're a fanboy there's a there's a website called Whedonism, mm-hmm. and it's like it tracks not only what Joss Whedon is doing, but like what all the actors that have been in any of his stuff are doing as well. Oh God! And that's far beyond how much I give a damn. <laughs> um, so I've liked most of his work, but I'm not like crazy. I'm not insane. What did I see? You're probably the right person to ask about this. Okay, I don't remember what I was watching, so let me preface it by saying that. But did Joss Whedon do something that Steve Jobs was the executive producer of? I have no idea. I was watching something, and both of their names popped up. Let's see. Josh Whedon. Steve Jobs. All right, let's see if some Googling can. uh... Oh, it was Toy Story. Oh, yeah, because Toy Story is a Pixar thing, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that either one of them, but it was on. Um, it was just on Channel 7. Yeah, you wrote the screenplay. Or the, or, or the night. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. And then, you know, I go, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I'm sitting there watching the credits. I'm like, I wonder if that's the same Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, there you go. In addition to Apple, Steve Jobs made Pixar what it is today. So I did uh, not know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's an interesting story. But um, in, in another thing that Joss Whedon wrote that you might not expect was, I think, the third Alien movie. He wrote the script for that. I have not seen any of those. And I've tried. I've tried watching that first <laughs> Aliens, Alien, I guess. I don't know, several times. And I can't. It's like the, the Evil Dead. It's another one I've tried numerous times to watch and just couldn't do it. Seriously? Man, that TV show, Ash vs. Evil Dead, was actually pretty good. Oh, and I haven't watched that because... <laughs> Because you didn't watch the movies and yeah. Yeah. You see how this starts? Yeah, yeah. 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 You're a terrible person. That's how it works. No, I'm like a weird completist when it comes to stuff like that. Because everyone's like, no, no, just skip that first one. The second one, Evil Dead 2, is basically a remake of the first one. It's much better. I'm like, but there's one called Evil Dead. No, they're right. Like, it's essentially the exact same thing, but better. So, no, but you understand what I'm saying? I can't start with something that's called number two. That reminds me. All right. So I know we're just all over the place, but this is an interlude, so that's okay. Um, another thing that I'm not really passionate about and I hardly care about, but this is interesting. Um, did we ever talk about the star Wars movie and the alternate like, uh, order to watch them in? No, this is all new to me. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Have you seen all of the star Wars movies? Uh, yes. All seven. Are you, right. how much, how much do you care about them? Um, you know, as a, overall, as a, as a whole, yeah, um, a fair amount. I don't know if I had to put it in percentage term, maybe sixty five percent. I mean, I grew up with yeah. those first three. You know, like I wanted to be Han Solo when I grew up when I was a little kid. The when I say the first three, four, five, and six, one, two, and three were kind of meh. I was kind of like like we we're talking about those books by um, Warren Ellis and, and Steve Hall. Fuck it, I was so excited about the next round of movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to one was okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and find um there's there's a there's a sequence that you're supposed to watch the Star Wars movies in that kind of lends more legitimacy to the earlier movies that were added in. Um and it's called the Machete Order. And um, essentially what it does is it puts them in the order 
um, four, five, two, three, six, and it completely kicks out the first uh, number one. So, uh, New Hope, Return of the, or, I'm sorry, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. Interesting. I'm going to read this. I found um, no machete juggling.com. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read this rather long article, I guess, and see what. I, I don't know how much, how, how likely I am to watch all five of those movies. Is it the article that's called Introducing Machete Order? Well, let's see. I have to scroll all the way back up. It's no, this is, yeah, in, yes, sorry, the Star Wars saga Introducing Machete Order. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I'm definitely going to look into this. Now, does this, did you say seven is not a part of this? Right, because this came out, this order was oh, okay. was conceived before seven released. But, oh, um, interesting. wow, this goes back to 2011. That's insanity. I've only heard of this. I, I mean, I work in an electronics retail store where there is a, there's no shortage of nerds. And, um, the the new Star Wars movie was a huge topic, so of course I had to suffer through. Man, that like week or month that after the the Star Wars movie came out, like a that's the only thing anybody talked about, and b if someone hadn't seen it, there was like almost fistfights if uh, if someone was gonna spoil something from that movie, like people got really upset about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a long time coming, but, you know, to be fair, if it's that big of a deal to you, figure out a fucking way to go see it in the first couple of days. Yeah, yeah if you're going to get all... Now, yeah. you had to ask me how much I care about Star Wars, right? Yeah. You know, I, I saw it four days after it came out. I saw it the Tuesday after release, so I don't know, oh, wow. five days. Yeah. And, and that was really, like, like my first opportunity to go when it wasn't going to be stupid busy and there weren't going to be long lines and it wasn't like a midnight showing or whatever, so... I was able for the five days to miss spoilers, so I I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm I like it. The the young me loves it. Um, the older me is not as big a fan of the first three as I was. There are some things I'm as big a fan of, if not bigger now than I'm an adult. Like I love the Wizard of Oz. I think as much, if not more, now than I did when I was a child. Yeah. You know, Star Wars, um, it's probably waned a little bit, but but I'd still like to, to see what happens. I got to say, man, like, this is the best time as far as um, uh, it, it's just technology to make a Star Wars movie. Like, you can basically do anything you want right now. You know, I watched Star Wars, um, I don't know, maybe half of it, not that long ago, a year ago, and I thought it held up really, really well, not just as a story. But I thought the special effects held up pretty well. Like, I didn't think it was really that cheesy when I saw it. And I know, I, I don't know, maybe I was watching the remastered, you know, the Lucas remastered version from whatever, 2005 or whenever that came out. But yeah, special effects wise, because there are other things I watch and there's things I love where I go, God, this is really hokey now, even though I still love the movie. You know, watching <laughs> it, that Flash Gordon is a perfect example of that, you know. Yeah. Um, another movie I love as much, if not more, than when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, Star Wars just didn't didn't stay with me the same way, I guess. So anybody who's interested in Star Wars, uh, check out the Machete Order. <laughs> Rob um, has been stalking this website. He has new information from 2011. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's the that's the ongoing theme for tonight. Apparently, everything everything I'm telling people is ages old. <laughs> You know what? But it fucking, was all, you know what? I brought topics. It was all it was all new to me. There you go. That's all that matters. It was all new to me. Um, yeah. Did you hear about that Paris Hilton sex tape? Yeah. No kidding. Hey, the other night, um, I turned Rob onto, and I know he didn't watch the other video <laughs> I asked him to watch. But like, I don't understand. There are four videos on the internet that are safe for work, mostly safe for work that, that stick in my mind all the time as some of the best videos. And I, I'm going to run down the list. And, and as a listener, I want you to think, <laughs> do I know what he's talking about? So, um, the, the first one is, um, uh, whistle tips. No idea what you're talking about. No idea what I'm talking about. So it's a video, it's a newscast, which is what makes it, um, special is this was actually a news report on some station somewhere in California. I think it was in Oakland. Um, a few years ago where people were getting something, um, a device installed on their mufflers that when they accelerated made this really <laughs> piercing screeching sound. 
And really, it's beautiful because the two people they choose to interview are at a shop getting these installed. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Google whistle tips <laughs> on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a wonderful video. The second one is also a newscast. And again, this, it lends legitimacy because this is reported on a news station. Like if you were sitting at home at 5 p.m. You know, after work having dinner with the TV on, you saw this as a news broadcast. It's, uh, it, uh, on YouTube, it's called Leprechaun in Alabama. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Okay, so you're familiar with Leprechaun in Alabama. That is, that is yeah. I think, probably one of my favorite. It's easily one of my four favorite videos. probably my favorite video on the Internet. Sure. The other two I turned Rob on to the other night. I sat patiently. And <laughs> Randy Quaid one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for four minutes while he watched Randy Quaid disintegrate uh, uh, yeah. on YouTube um, in talking about Rupert Murdoch. And uh, he's there with his wife, and at one point he – I'm, I'm not even. Going, I don't want to spoil it for you. You should totally go watch this. Randy Quaid, for anybody who doesn't know, is only known for one thing, and that's saving the world in Independence Day. Yeah. Um, and if you're a fan of that, there's a piece of movie memorabilia that features prominently in that in that video as well. And then the other one is the John McAfee how to uninstall McAfee <laughs> <laughs> Internet Security video from probably four years ago. Now, uh, McAfee has been in the news a lot lately, which is why that video has been on my mind. He. Uh, he was just announced as the CEO of a company. Um, I, I, their name escapes me, but it, the name of the company will be John McAfee Consulting Group, I think, which is going to revolutionize um, um, security for, for computers and mobile devices. I think that's their long-term goal. But uh, he signed on to that, which is pretty big news. But more importantly, he is going to, he's attempting to run for president of the United <laughs> States. As a libertarian. As a libertarian, which means... Uh, how many libertarian presidents have we had, Rob? Zero. Is this zero? I, yeah, I'm not even going to hesitate to answer it with zero. Libertarian. I don't even know how to spell libertarian. Libertarian presidents. Well, let's talk to Siri about it. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah. Siri probably spells better how than How many libertarian presidents have we had? Hmm. Here's what I found on the web oh. for how many libertarian presidents have we had. No, nothing. Yeah, it's okay. No, it, yeah, it says no. Oh, hold on, though. This is kind of interesting. Here's the answer from deadpresidents.tumblr.com, which is, of course, an authority on libertarian presidents. <laughs> of course. No, there hasn't been a, and this is in quotation marks, a true libertarian president. <laughs> no. And if all the Democrats and Republicans were somehow disqualified for from running for president in the next election and a libertarian somehow won... The country wouldn't change at all. About 20 minutes after the libertarian president was inaugurated or received their first major briefings, he or she would realize, oh, shit, government is really important and totally necessary. And even if I wanted to make this a truly libertarian country, I couldn't do it because there are three branches of government and both the major parties would actually probably team up to defeat what we're trying to do. So um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so John McAfee is one of the, uh, I believe, three candidates that are, um, are 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 duking it out to be the the libertarian candidate. That is just so not on my radar. I will That's watch a- that video because you speak so highly of it. But there might be a number five to add to your list that oh, happened listening. recently. Oh, 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 yeah. Why don't you talk about that? And before. Before I say that it happened recently, I want to see. <laughs> you want to make sure you can't find yeah, it. I wanna, so, yeah, I thought yeah. about that the other night too. Um, I want to see how recent this video was. Uh, uh, oh, man, it's been like, well, this says two days ago, but that can't be right. Have you seen the happy Wookiee woman? Oh, no. I thought you were talking about something completely different. No, I, I have seen the the still of it. Yeah, um, because it's been shared on social media for forty million times or something in like three or four days. Um, I have not actually watched it. No. It is. Uh, it, it's it's like four minutes, so it's a big commitment. Um, but I was laughing. I was laughing along. Oh, happy Wookiee woman. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's like a four minute video and you see her with like a Chewbacca mask on. Um, you can watch it right now if you want to. Um, but if you don't, I would recommend definitely watching it. I'm watching it right now. I want there at some point in my life. 
for there to be something to give me that much joy. I was just thinking the same thing. It's like uh, there's only one. I, there's only one time I can actually remember laughing that hard, and it was when I, I don't actually remember it. I remember listening to it later, and it was when Livius was drunk and talking about something. But I'm going to leave it at that. That's, listen, that's not. Hold on a second. That's not necessarily <laughs> true either. There is pissy boots. <laughs> See. <laughs> You almost passed out. Oh, pissy boots, man. Pissy boots. Ah, oh, pissy I, I, boots. I only, that only came to mind because I was um, I was looking for something in our, our Box.net account. Yeah. <laughs> this portion of the podcast brought to you by Box.net. Uh, and it's in there. It's pissy in there. boots, I yeah, see, yeah. Yeah. I happen to see it in there. So, um, yeah. that's But that woman, man, she is. Uh, yeah. She's got some joy in her life. You know, and like I said, sometimes it's the simple, it's the simple things, right? Like, like you know, a happy Chewbacca. I'd pretty much have to win the lottery and then find someone I hate to be able to actually urinate on to have that kind of that kind of joy. Yeah, but it wouldn't be really hard to find someone that you hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just chasing them around trying <laughs> to piss them. them. That's the trouble. Getting you know? in the right position when you have to piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not always the easiest thing. Yeah. All and right, you know, so that's, I'm that's, no help because, like, I stalked people <laughs> three weeks after the fact. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but speaking of YouTube videos, this is what uh, I thought you were talking about, saying yeah. hey, fifth video. Um, Rob and I did a uh, hour-long dry run of um, what's going to be, I think, called Booked Live. Yeah, um, yeah. which is uh, something I've been talking about. And then Rob kind of goes, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, but um, like a like a live YouTube hangout um, where uh, kind of like an interlude, but maybe where we could bring listeners in, um, not into the video, but to, to ask questions and be able to interact with some of the listeners. So uh, it went very, very well, I think. Right, Rob? Uh, yeah, it was pretty flawless. Mm-hmm. Ironed out some kinks, apparently being the cameraman, which is the title for the guy who sets it up. Um, at one point, I just clicked on Rob's um, picture um, to see what he was showing me, and apparently that's what the rest of the video was. So as long as I can remember not to do that, I think that we could have a fairly seamless um, booked live hangout, um, and we're going to be doing that for the first time this week. Yeah, from what I understand, it's looking like it'll be Thursday, which would be May 26th in the evening. Mm-hmm. So if you're around at that time, there will be links available, uh, I'm sure, on the booked um, uh, Facebook page and in the booked listening group, probably on Twitter. Um, we'll have uh, links for you to join us. Um, I, I don't expect there will be a ton of people the first time out, but maybe if it's a success, um, we will do this again. And it gives Rob a reason to send out a newsletter, which is almost as exciting as doing the video hangout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you heard it here first. You will hear it through our newsletter second and then probably on social media after that. We don't do a lot of posting on social media. I was looking at like um, some stats of how frequently we post on Facebook versus some of our contemporaries. And it's like some people post things like 20 times as often as us. So we don't beat you over the head with our stuff. But, um, you know, we'll give you a nice push every now and then. Yeah, so if you're available, um, we definitely invite you to join us. You can ask questions. We might even answer them. Um, you'll get to see Rob and I, which is not something you get to do very often, except in uh, photos. And then um, there was a, a couple of live reading videos that that made it to YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's basically going to be us sitting in our respective book studios, um, shooting the shit for an hour or two or however long we're having fun doing it for. It might just be me and Rob with no viewers, and then it might be a little shorter than that. Although <laughs> our test run went over an hour, so who knows? Yeah, we do good with casual chat. Um, I will say that I had the weekend off, and I I think that this impending uh, live chat has been one of the reasons that I spent uh, so much time cleaning my apartment. Um, <laughs> I think that I just want to be a little presentable for, um, what did that lady say with the Chewbacca mask, the uh, inter interwebs? Yes, yeah, her friends on the interwebs. Yeah, I totally thought you were just going to turn your desk around and just have a blank wall behind you. That's uh, well, I probably still will do that, but who knows? You know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. 
So uh, something fun, like I said, we'd like for you to, to join us. And if you don't, that's cool, too. Then Rob and I will just kind of do some future planning for episodes. Yeah. Or shit talk people. Yeah. You know, like, I, was, I was worried about that because, you know, it went live. But I guess we're the only ones that could see it because I was thinking about some of the things we said during our test <laughs> run because it was just me and you kind of yeah. just – just very generically shooting the shit. And I was like, oh, some people's feelings might get hurt if they actually could see this. So I like tried to go back under my own personal account to see if I could find the video, and it's not there. Yeah, the uh, the people's feelings filter was not on uh, for that for that test run. We're, We're normally so sensitive, too. Are, are we? Or is that sarcasm? But that's, that's what I'm saying. Can you imagine what it's like when we don't try it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we had a lot of fun doing it. We're hoping to have a lot of fun um, doing this again this week. And um, I don't know, you know, Rob and I tossed around some ideas on how often we'd like to do this. I guess a lot of that's going to have uh, to do with you guys and uh, yeah. if you're tuning in and, and the feedback that we get from you. So here's how we do feedback on this podcast. Rob and I were talking about future episodes and some things that we had pending. And I threw out there, I said, oh, wheel of meat. And Rob said, everybody hates the wheel of meat. Yeah, and I said, "Well, what, what do you mean?" And apparently, Rob has gotten feedback because I think everyone knew Wheel of Meat was my baby and didn't want to tell me that they didn't <laughs> like Wheel of Meat. So they all told Rob, either that or Rob just doesn't like Wheel of Meat and goes, "Yeah, lots of people are telling me they don't like it." And I go, "Oh, well, then let's not do it anymore." So either way, we get feedback. We try to act on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave that at that so that we stop doing Wheel of Meat. Yeah. That being said. Um, we also had feedback not to do episodes that were an hour long. That was a few years ago, and that <laughs> that didn't stop us from doing yeah, that. Yeah, as, as you can tell by looking at the timestamp right now, where you're, wherever you're listening. So. We just love hearing ourselves talk. I think that's part of it. It is part of it. So um, I don't think we really have much else for this evening, though, do we? I guess we no. went on some tangents there. No, yeah, it was good. It was a good talk, and I think we're good. All right, so coming up on our next episode, we're back to a book review, and we are 100% going to make sure that that review actually happens next episode. No more dawdling or dilly-dallying or anything else that starts with a D. Um, and it is A Decent Ride by Irvine Welsh. That starts with a D. Okay, well, uh is an A, <laughs> but there's a D. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, this is the first of our Patreon um demands i guess you could say so jesse lawrence is contributing at the level that he um one of the perks that he gets is he gets to to choose one book that we review and this is jesse's book that he chose to review now we did offer him the opportunity to participate in the review and he declined however he did make an alternate request (laughs) there yeah i I just heard about this moments ago so uh, in the um i don't know is it the hardcover version we were trying to figure this out the other day the cover is a guy hanging out a car window right and it looks a lot like howard stern yeah um jesse would like for me to recreate (laughs) that book cover i'm gonna be really honest with you i don't know if that's likely to happen uh it was a he's kind of a high roller in our uh he is, but A, I don't look a lot like Howard Stern. B, it didn't look very safe. And C, I'm pretty sure that that guy was driving that car and the steering wheel was on the wrong side of the car, which would also be hard to do unless Jesse wants to provide me with a, um, a, a British car with the, you know, the steering wheel on the right-hand side. I mean, it looks like he's driving a taxi. Oh, my God. We have like to a, a taxi for this? One of those black car taxis from, like, you know, Sherlock. All you got to do is go into your closet, find one of those weird, like, pastel windbreakers you have from the 1980s, get a slash wig and some big glasses and hang out a window of a car. I'm going to tell You're you, done. Here's, here's three things I don't actually own. A members-only <laughs> jacket, although I do think I have access to one. I think I know someone I could borrow one from. Yeah. I don't have a slash wig, and I don't have big glasses. Uh, big gold watch, some rings. Dude, this is going to be so easy to recreate. So easy, he says. So easy. Um, I'm just worried about getting this book done in time because this is a kind of a whopper of a book. Didn't you say it, it, it's like 500 pages or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that might be uh, might be tricky to get that done in the amount of time that we have allotted ourselves. But we'll, we'll see. All right. So, well, that's what you have to look forward to, hopefully, in the next episode. Um, you got anything else? 
now I think that uh, that about wraps it up for this umpteenth interlude episode from Booked. Um, the next time we'll be seeing you, hopefully, it'll be on YouTube on the interwebs. That's right. Right on those interwebs. We'll be laughing in our Chewbacca masks. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Until right. then, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading. <laughs>